Welcome to Chaintech, the show and podcast focusing on the latest trends in supply chain, procurement, and logistic technology. My name is Max Henry from the Global Supply Chain Council, and together with my co-host and special guest, we explore the personalities, startups, innovators, and industry players driving disruption in supply chain. From early stage to unicorns, and from cutting-edge technology to the people using it to help drive more innovative, agile, and resilient supply chain around the world. This is Chantech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chantech. I'm your host, Max Henry from the Global Supply Chain Council. Together today with my co-host, Shandan Laxman. Hi, Shandan, how are you? Hi, uh, Max, how are you? Uh, pleasure to be with you, Max, uh, on this talk. And uh, it'll be a great uh, session, I'm, I'm sure, going forward. Thank- and uh, le- let me introduce myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. I'm uh, uh, Chandan from India, and I'm a free airlines consultant with Nordic Knowledge Partners and GLG. Before this, I've been with the industry uh, ranging from I know tires, uh, threads, uh, chemicals, chocolates, and interior design. And I'm also uh, involved with many startup uh, incubation in India as well. And, uh, you know, I, I'm associated with Max for some time now with, uh, you know, knowledge sharing kind of a, a Absolutely. Issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You've been, yeah. We've been, good we've to be been here. doing a lot. Uh, we've been doing a lot of episodes together already. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, thanks again for, you know, so much, you know, for, for joining us on, on this new episode of the show. As again, we, you know, the aim of Chaintech is to explore the personalities, startups, innovators, and industry players driving disruption in supply chain procurement and logistic in APAC. Again, if you're interested to listen to the other episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast at chaintech.show. And visit our website at chantech.net for more resources and information. So today our guest uh, joining us is, I would like to quickly introduce him, is Dominic Sutton, who is the founder uh, of a company called Stocktrim. He's also the director of Pumped and also an investor. He's uh, you know, based in Auckland, New Zealand. Hi, welcome, Dominic. Uh, maybe you would like to say a few words and introduce yourself. Thanks, Max. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm a Kiwi, and uh, yeah, I'm based here in Auckland. We've had us had uh, my business, my advertising business, pumped for 19 years, um, and I started that myself as well. And I've had during that time, I had a um, I bought I bought a client business that was um, in toys, and uh, it had a lot of inventory problems. So I established that there was a there was a problem in the industry. Uh, for SMEs uh, with plan, having easily accessible software to plan uh, your inventory requirements. And so when I um, saw the opportunity to start something like Stocktrim, I jumped at it. It was about four years ago. And um, yeah, we've been scaling globally since. So you started, uh, you know, maybe we can go back to your, your background, but, you know, okay, can you share with us, you know, how did you get started in the industry and what actually brought you, uh, you know, you say that you've, you've been working uh, with a, a toy uh, company, but uh, what was the, I mean, the different step in your career where actually brought you to, you know, set up you know, this company? Yeah. 
Yeah, good question. I, I've, I've been a sales, I was a sales, I've got a marketing degree, but I, was, I started out in sales and I used to sell technical equipment for a telephone company. And um, I just learned some of the basics of human psychology really around um, dealing with small, medium-sized business owners, which New Zealand is full of mostly, and about 80% of businesses are SMEs. And um, I, I, I use those skills to build up my advertising business. And while I was, I, I belong to a group called Entrepreneurs Organization. And I, when I was probably about 13 years into my, my building my advertising business, I went with my entrepreneur friends um, up to Silicon Valley and we had a good tour of um, a lot of uh, SaaS businesses up there, including Xero, which is an accounting platform based out of New Zealand. And I really loved the idea of uh, having a, a subscription business that was scalably, scalable globally um, and it was solving real problems for um, businesses. So when I came back to New Zealand, I set about looking for um, a business idea and preferably one that was sort of past complete startup stage um, and I I found um, my co-founder who's a, a, a software engineer very accomplished software engineer and we set up Stocktrum um, in 2018 so that's okay. what what drove me to it is seeing seeing that as a great new business idea that that was solving a real problem and the problem was one that I'd experienced myself when I had that um when I had that toy business, which caused me a lot of grief. So if you had, yeah, yeah, if you had to summarize what Stockdream does in just a, a few sentences, uh, what would it be? So Stockdream um, helps small, medium-sized businesses match um, supply with demand. So basically it reads inventory data um, from your recording system, whether that's inventory management system, a point of sale system, or a um, uh, e-commerce platform reads all the the, the uh, velocity and cadence of, of of your inventory and sales data and projects that and shows you exactly how to um, purchase in order to match your future. Um, make sure you've got enough inventory to meet your demand as as it comes it comes forward in the future. So um, it's a, it's a it's an automation tool. It's, it's a business efficiency tool. And it delivers some really quite surprising or great outcomes for small, medium-sized businesses that never had access to this. A lot of them have been doing using spreadsheets. Um, they will drop their data from the inventory management system to a spreadsheet and they'll apply some formulas um, and come to a conclusion on how they should, that's how, how they should purchase uh, their materials for to to fulfill future orders. So we, we, we use some machine learning algorithms and um, take that away from the human bias that sometimes exists in, in um, purchasing and uh, project it out and format um, automated purchase orders for, for customers to remove that, those errors. Yes, Dominic, actually, uh, you know, uh, when I went through your uh, website and stock trim, 
I, I was in a, you know, kind of looking at as an Uber of a inventory management, <laughs> where, you know, you have a lot of plugin, uh, uh, basically. So uh, to understand better, you know, I've been using uh, SAP APIs plugins earlier, you know. So how, how are you going to compete with the, uh, these guys, you know, when uh, you have a plugins uh, at, a, at uh, you know, any amount of uh, inventory and, you know, larger organization as well? Plus, uh, I wanted to ask you one more question about, uh, you were saying that, you know, if there are no history data, uh, then you will be able to uh, give us a forecast, right? I mean, in certain way, uh, you capture the demand, basically. Yeah. So I would like to kind of uh, give your opinion, how you want to achieve that in a, some simple uh, uh, format, actually. So how we um, project that? You say. Sorry. So, what was the last yeah. question? No, the uh, it's about uh, demand that uh, you uh, create if there is no uh, history data, and how how yeah. does All that? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the first question is with, with regards to uh, you know larger um, ERP or inventory systems. How does that work? We um, we sort of we're an add-on so we will, we've got a number of integrations those those integrations like unleashed since seven they um, sort of sit in the same ecosystem targeting the same sort of level of customers um, the, the the larger enterprise systems have often have a module built into them that's for forecasting as you're aware but we still get some of them coming to us because they find them um, uh, too difficult or too expensive to use um, they may have got into using say um, uh, system like NetSuite, and but they they want something a little bit simpler and a little bit easier to understand for the forecasting. So we can add on to those systems, acquire API connection. Um, but the the way that small medium sized businesses are going is that they are um, resisting spending a lot of money on upfront for this technology now, and so they what they're doing is they're stacking um, a series of uh, the right right fit technology solutions together, and um, this is the, that's the sort of ecosystem we fit into, and 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 it works, and because we're subscription. If 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 their business gets too big for our capability, or uh, we're not fit for purpose anymore, they can disengage from 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 one part of that stack and put in something else. So it's quite efficient for growing uh, businesses. We we focus on businesses that are scaling and growing and we're a great tool to help enable that and um, give them confidence around that growth without having to go to a great extent of loading up with too much upfront cost. So um, we, 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 we're always tempted to go a bit up market to get a few more dollars in the, in the door. Um, but for now, we're sticking solidly with uh, small, medium-sized businesses. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Dominic. Basically, you know, you're helping those smaller uh, scale industries as well. Plus, uh, yeah. when when I say, uh, you know, the saving of inventory management, what you project that 40% saving and the capital uh, investment, it is going to be huge for those guys, you know, the smaller. I've been always pressing on the capital investment. I think that's yeah. where you are getting in, basically. And that's the best place to be in. Yeah, we, we, have, we have people coming to us for, for quite different reasons. Some of them have got had, had situations where they've got um, key person reliance. Um, there's somebody in their businesses that built this amazing spreadsheet. Um, uh, I call it the Taj Mahal spreadsheet. And uh, 
it's great while there's one person in the business who knows how to use it. But as soon as that person's away or sick, uh, the whole thing falls to bits. And that's key person reliance. You don't really want to have in a, in a, in a, in a rapidly growing business. So stock trim democratizes inventory planning to a certain extent in the business. And it's very easy for a new person to come in, see what's happening and, and, and run with it. Um, the other thing is obviously uh, in certain certain industries like hold the wholesale industry, your job is to get the right product at the right to the right place at the right time. And if you're not able to do that because somebody's not purchasing correctly or they've fudged the numbers somehow, then that sends them to our door pretty quickly when they're looking for a bit more of a robust system. But yeah, the other one, as as you've pointed out, is the cash flow thing. And for growing businesses, cash is king. And uh, a lot of uh, businesses are almost, especially you know, some of these e-commerce businesses, uh, have been overbuying um, through exuberance or just poor management. And uh, all their stock is on in their warehouse. I mean, all their money, sorry, is in their warehouse. And, in their uh, inventory, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and they need to sell it yeah. to, to get some cash back in. But if they can't sell it at the velocity they want, they've got to discount it. So. If you if you had a, a tool that showed you exactly how much you'd need, you get optimized inventory. There's cash, there's money in the bank, right? Um, so you asked this. The other question you asked me was about um, how do we predict demand for products that don't exist yet? Um, so we it's 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 we can't make stuff up. So and we can't plug numbers out of the thin air. It's it's kind of what we do is we pair it with a similar size, similar type of product. So let's say if you had a T-shirt and it had a certain graphic or a certain color and you're going to launch another T-shirt, um, you can pair the demand uh, for that um, with the other T-shirt, but you can say, oh, this T-shirt's pink, it's going to be a, a bit more popular. And then you can apply some algorithms, you can apply some percentages to it, say, say it's 20% more. But what, what the system will do is once, once the, 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 the item is stocked, and it's, and it's being purchased, the system will read the actual sales data and, and, re, and reapply the level of demand. So your, your initial prediction from a percentage um, gets taken over by the, by the, by the software and starts um, carrying it on from there. But probably um, it, it, it does that for bill of, through bill of materials as well. So um, if you're replacing a, an ingredient in manufacturing the process, um, with another one, it'll it'll um, it'll pair that and re replace that through all the um, manufactured items. So, very handy for very handy bill of materials um, uh, forecasting for for small medium sized manufacturers because uh, um, that can become a bit of a, a quagmire for them as they're growing very very quickly. So, Dominic, I want to step back a little bit and go back to you know on, on how you actually set up a company and. Uh, was the company uh, completely f fully funded by you? Did you actually raise uh, funds? Uh, yeah, we, we, a little bit of both. So we started out a typical way. Um, my co-founder had the, uh, had built a bit of a prototype, but he, he identified pretty quickly that he, he wasn't so great at sales and marketing. So I came in and I'm, I've been in business a bit longer, so I had a bit of funds. So I... I um, I threw some of my own money in there and uh, kept us going for a while, but I quickly established that we needed to raise capital to scale. So um, we uh, started just before COVID, actually, <laughs> just before the pandemic started 
putting the feeders out for a uh, for some capital through angel groups and private investors, and um, um, was able to secure funding through the pandemic um, through a series of Zoom calls, and okay. um, from from three angel groups and three private investors, so six six investor groups in total. Okay, um, all right. We, did, we didn't raise more than we needed to just to get us to the next step because um, obviously we need to keep some um, gas in the tank from a shareholding point of view for for down for down the track, which is a which is a mistake some startups do. And what you, they give away give away too much too early on. Of course, yeah. And so, are you right now still uh, spending that cash, or are you uh, yep. uh, you know get, getting close <laughs> to profitability, or what's your what's your financial situation? Yeah. Uh, as, as with some of these tech companies, we perp- we purposely uh, we we have a burn and and we we if to be honest, if we were producing a profit and on an EBIT, we'd probably we wouldn't be doing our job. We wouldn't be going fast enough. So um, as we could step back and and fall into profit, but we um, are scaling, so it's quite acceptable when and when you're growing a SaaS business to be if we if we have a negative at the bottom bottom of the uh, the profit and loss sheet for quite some time so um, we are still we've still got um, adequate cash but we are looking to raise um, further nearer to the end of this year okay so what would be what would be the how much are you looking to raise for the next time um, not not any more than we need to probably just about a million about a million dollars um, okay we're not, we're not we're not going for some mega um, mega layout because again we we only take as much as we need to get us through the next step. Okay, so there's been quite quite a lot of things, Yash, and then uh, just uh, come back to you after. Uh, so we talked earlier about you know what's happening in the industry where this is a much more careful, and uh, there's been you know uh, <laughs> signs of, of of a perfect storm when it comes to funding uh, for start a startup. Are you, you know, is that something that you are already observing in in uh, in the NZ region, or? Um, yeah, obviously, uncertainty um, kills uh, kills um, the, a bit of optimism and and a bit of deal making. I haven't bothered about it too much um, because we have an interesting level of um, curiosity about us. Um, from from some of our um, ecosystem partners, so um, and also we're confident that if we did run a bit short of money, we could um, still keep growing, possibly just not at the same pace that we are. So for us, it's not a we're not running at the wall quite as hard hard as some other other businesses that have laid up um, very quickly in fixed costs. So. Um, but yeah, I have I have seen the the, uh, the clouds of doom and gloom coming in, particularly from the US. Um, but I'm not I'm not particularly concerned about it at this stage, and um, uh, because we haven't started our outreach to uh, for investors at all, I haven't I yeah. haven't been knocked back based on that on that premise yet. 
Okay, yeah, Shandan. Yeah, yeah, Dominic. Uh, just wanted to ask you uh, on how your the progression uh, on your uh, stock trim. Uh, maybe you know, uh, looking at uh, forecast of your own. Uh, I would say, how do you think that you know next uh, couple of years that uh, stock trim is going to be, and how do you forecast a focus? Like you know, <laughs> uh, how do you think that where you want to be rather actually. Oh, well, we want to be, uh, we want to be the, um, the default preference for small, medium-sized businesses for, for uh, inventory planning. Um, we are, we, there is a certain level of, of competition in the market, but the market is growing in front of us because um, the, of the realisation from small and medium-sized businesses that they can buy a subscription-based tool that will deliver pretty instant and dramatic results to their profitability. Um, so that's exciting because um, it's not a finite market and we're not crowded out by a mature level of competition. We have competitors below us and, and they're targeting and we have competitors above us, but there's nobody really that's um, dead set um, replica of us. So we've got some really good, unique uh, features and um, uh, points for our target target audience. Um, so yeah, as far as the future goes, um, we're, we we know we're on the right track um, based on the feedback from our customers. We've got some excellent um, testimonials from customers, and um, the level of inquiry. I mean, just looking at it from 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 now versus a year ago, it's it's dramatically up, and that's driven by a, a number of different factors. Um, you know. The economy turning bad um, is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, inflation, not not necessarily a bad thing for us. Salary uh, inflation, uh, well, automation is a is a, is a counter to that, isn't it? Um, there's, there's, uh, the software saves people seventy five percent of the time they're spending on on purchasing and replenishment. So, if somebody can spend you know eight hours of their week doing something else, then then that has to be good for the business. Um, so yeah, the, the headwinds um, that that we that are coming through, they don't really feature that heavily in um, our picture. The only the only danger is obviously with small medium sized businesses. Some are some are you know facing their own headwinds. So in times of rough water, they sometimes start throwing things off the boat, and 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 the unsecured subscription rep, subscriptions can. Can, can be an early casualty with that. So um, we like to th- we like to think that we're so essential to a business's um, core profitability that that we're not we're not one of the first ones to be thrown out. So um, uh, yeah, on this one, uh, yeah yeah Shandan, go ahead. Yeah, uh, as Dominic, as I see in startup in India, you know more or uh, more on to uh, you know scaling up uh, at an earlier stage, which. Uh, in my point of view, uh, it may not be a right thing to do because you'll be uh, bleeding heavily in the beginning. So uh, I would like to know, like, ha- have you uh, done the same kind of uh, mistakes in the earlier days or just uh, trying to scale up and not looking at, uh, you know, uh, uh, overheads and things like that? But have you realized later on and then uh, started uh, getting onto it? So some inputs. Yeah, um it's interesting you should say that. I was talking about that to somebody uh, yesterday. Um, I, I'm a really curious person. Um, 
I'm a little bit older than um, some of these some of the tech startup guys. Um, I'm in my uh, late forties, and um, I have been through a few rough times before. So we haven't had any um, valleys of death, I think you'd call them, uh, in um, <laughs> in software terms. We've had fairly consistent growth. Um, at some points, when I look back, we probably could have grown faster if we had gone a bit more aggressively. But in, on reflection, if we had gone faster, we possibly could have um, not, we, we, we could have upset some customers because some of, because of some of the things we learned about our own, our own products. So um, I'm confident now if I put my foot on the gas that things won't break. But I think sometimes early on, some guys get money in and they go, let's go. They hire people that on second thought possibly they shouldn't have hired. Um, and the undoing of it all takes just as much energy as the building up, but actually probably more. So um, we've had really good consistent growth. And the reason I know this is not just from reading articles because, you know, in, in, in the news from other companies, it's because I've interviewed every, every um, startup tech founder in our ecosystem after they've um, after they've exited to find out what what their biggest errors were and I've tried to avoid them so we've got key, we've got Kiwi companies here um, I don't know if you've heard of trade gecko um, who bought, were bought by Intuit and now called Quickflix commerce I met, I met with the founder had a beer with him um, guys from unleashed um, I've caught up with them guys from sin seven which is still going and um, Every time I've sat down with them, and and they're usually prayers to talk once they've exited as well, with with a nice wallet of cash, um, and quite happy to take the time to have a few beers with another fellow Kiwi um, to tell me about the, um, the the battle wounds that they've 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 survived in the in the previous um, usually seven to ten years of building that building that business. We're not seven to ten years into it, so we're sort of going through some of the same things, and it's really interesting to get the lessons. So if I can learn them off them without going through and uh, suffering from them myself, um, then it's just a saving for us, isn't it? So um, okay, it's great, great investment. Dominique, I just wanted to understand. Uh, maybe you could give us some uh, a little bit of numbers and facts here. Uh, what kind of sales cycle do you have with those, uh, um, a small, medium sized enterprise? How long is the sales cycle? How much you charge for your subscription? Because I understand that, you, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a per user per month uh, basis. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and typically how long your customers will stay with you? Yep. Um, the, uh, we charge, we start at $99 US per month. Um, and that's uh, based on a SKU count, um, sort of under 100 SKUs is, is okay. basic level. That's, yeah. that's an annual. That's an annual charge. We actually heavily incentivize um, companies to sign on with us annually. We have a. You can do it monthly with us, um, and 199 to start. So we really basically discount it heavily to um, sign on for a year. The reason for it is it takes about um, a few months. A few, a few of the clients' uh, inventory cycles to see the full benefit of it. Um, so if they do it for a month and then bail, then they haven't really um, made use of it properly. So we, we incentivize them. 
Um, it goes up to um, 399 US um, per month, depending on the SKU count. We, we offer five users as part of the a part of the basic package. To be honest, at, at SME level, you don't have don't usually have more. It's not like a CRM system or something like that where you have everybody in the company using it. You only have usually a purchasing manager or an inventory planner or something like that, and usually the the owner. Um, so the two or three max um, users of it. Um, and what's your sales cycle? Yeah, what's your sales cycle? cycle? So, we give a two-week free trial, which is um, which which usually is enough time for a customer to use it, um, load some in, load some of their own data if they can, um, and um, get on a few demos with us. And to a certain extent, the client is semi-onboarded by the time that they they um, they decide if they want to go on to subscription. So our sales cycle really is um, two two weeks free trial and possibly a add on a, it's around about three weeks um, for us to secure a customer because sometimes there's a little bit of delay at the end um, or a little bit of an extended trial if we had a few errors with loading their data. But, um, and the onboarding, the actual training and onboarding, literally we've had customers that have been up and running in two hours. Um, so, and some customers take a couple of weeks it depends on the complexity of the organization and how organized and focused they are, really. It comes down to the user. Yeah, sorry, just, just to add one more thing. We have customers all around the world, so we do complete digital onboarding. Um, they, they can always have an in-person Zoom call with us, but we, we don't run it as enterprise. It's not, it's the, the software has been designed to be very easy to use for anybody, even if they're not, a, not, a, not an inventory planner. Okay, so SaaS is a, is a quick, you know, fast evolving, uh, you know, a sector yep. where there's always new solution uh, coming to market. Uh, do you see some of your customers leaving you because uh, sometimes, you know, you don't uh, develop fast enough, you don't come up with new features, and this is usually a, one of the biggest reasons for companies to actually move on uh, to a different solution provider. We haven't been given that as a reason why anybody would leave. The biggest reason anybody would not stop using us is um, if they uh, change systems and we don't have a native integration with that system, which is annoying because we are an add-on, but that's just life. Um, and um, or they are they are struggling internally to get the person who's we have this sometimes have a friction. Um, between a business owner and, a, and the actual user. So you'll have a business owner that loves the, the financial outcomes, yeah. but there's, uh, the, the user is like, no, I built this other system. I like it better and I prefer to use it. And the business owner has to decide, do I get into some sort of fracas with this, uh, this inventory planner or per, uh, buyer? Um, and sometimes we've had guys, uh, business owners come back and say, look, you know, I love stock trim. I love what it's doing, but we've got, Bob over here, who's got the spreadsheet, and he's he's probably going to go to his grave with it. So I'm just going to leave him with it for a wee while. And come back, let's revisit it later. And um, you know, it's it's his business. So okay. So and and being a add-on, uh, Dominique, you know, you also very dependent of the of the platforms or the solution that your customers yep. are using. Uh, so do you have sometimes to deal with? 
I would say politics. So you have to, you know, uh, kiss ass to certain solutions just to be accepted uh, or, you know, integral as an add-on? That's a really interesting question. Um, We, we've been very lucky because a lot of the world class inventory recording systems, inventory management systems were developed out of New Zealand. Um, so I personally okay. know the CEOs of uh, some, some of these businesses. Um, literally, some of them are literally 20 minutes drive from me. Um, okay. And that's been very handy. And I, I don't know why so many inventory uh, <laughs> businesses come out of New Zealand, possibly because we're an export nation. Um, but that's just the way that it is. Um, we've got some very proactive partners. We've just done a, a integration literally launched today with a company called Katana, um, who's a MRP and they've very, they've been very proactive right throughout. So, um, they've actually been driving the integration rather than us. And, uh, it's been really nice to see. But then we have other, 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 um, systems that are maybe owned by, uh, uh Massive um, names I won't mention who have a lot of software businesses and very big, very big marketplaces. Um, and it's hard to get much traction from a proactive promotion and, 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 um, and, and getting the most out of that integration. So, um, we sort of, we focus our energies on the guys that are going to, we're going to work together. Um, and, um, for now, we've rolled out a new suite of e-commerce integrations. Um, we'll probably drive that. We'll we'll try to drive that through the marketplace, um, and it really comes down to how hard we apply that as to the options with um, co-promotion and things like that. But we also drive a lot of it ourselves direct through our own promotion um, to the okay. direct to the end user. Dominic, uh, uh, just wanted to ask you uh, one question on uh, how do you, I mean, uh, do you do any uh, customization uh, apart from the software that you have? If uh, somebody asks you for the particular, uh, you know, yeah. uh, solution? Uh, we do if they're prepared to pay for it. <laughs> so, uh, but we won't, even if they're prepared to pay for it, if it doesn't add value to the total product, we won't go outside of our core roadmap because this is a this is what happens sometimes, especially for a for a engineer or a technical led uh, startup. I think. Um, oh no, I actually shouldn't say that because I think if you're a sales and marketer, you can be very eager eager to to, to get make, to please customers. But the fact of the matter is, um, we have people that say, "Hey, it's ninety percent perfect, but we just want this extra ten percent. Can you do it for us?" And we're sort of saying. Well, if it's 90% perfect, um, just sign on. And once you're a customer, we'll put it into our roadmap and we'll develop for you free. If you want us to do it, um, and, and only if it's going to benefit every other user. Um, but if it's custom for you, then pay us and, and yeah. sign up. Um, do, you, do, do you let people vote for those features? Uh, we don't have a voting system at the moment. All we do is we, okay. we keep a record of every mention of a feature and we have a little, have a, a basically a chart that lays out urgency and importance and, okay. uh, and that's how it gets placed into our roadmap. And your roadmap is public as well, right? So you, your customers can see it at any time? No, we don't make that public. Okay. 
All right. Okay. Um, so just so you know, we're going to wrap up soon, but I wanted to ask you two more questions, Dominique. The first one is you, what are maybe uh, your biggest challenge right now today as a SaaS founder? Um, you know, if you can think, if you can pick one, which is really give you, you know, a lot of headache and uh, make you or sometimes, you know, not sleep too well at night. And, uh, and also the last question would be on probably what's your, what's your big plan? What's, what kind of exit strategy do you have? You know, uh, as you grow, uh, you know, are you, are you doing this just to get a good exit and retire early or, um, you know, or you are really committed to uh, grow this business for a long time? Yeah. Okay. Uh, good question. Um, so what's the thing that keeps me up? Um, I've got a really good attitude and it ties into the, the second question to a certain extent. I, I, I got into this business because I really like, I, I love learning new things and, and, and the, building a SaaS business has been a real great learning experience from a business point of view. It's so different from uh, your traditional business model, right? Um, so I now look at any challenge or any problem, I suppose you could call it, as a learning opportunity rather than a headache. So uh, it, as a result, I sleep fairly well. Um, the, the biggest issue for me, and this, this does cause me to lose a little bit of sleep, but usually is um, focus because there's so many things that need to get done um, when you're building a global SaaS business on every day. And, and from a resource point of view, it's how, where do, you, where do you spend the most amount of time to get the biggest impact at any point in and, your journey? And you never have enough time, right? Never have enough time. I've got a yeah. list somewhere here that's, that's as long <laughs> as my arm. And uh, every time I knock a few things off, which is very satisfying, I, there's about 10 things to replace it. So um, that, that is, uh, it's, like, it's like a jigsaw puzzle that you're trying to assemble while you're, you're, you're driving around a racetrack in the back seat. Yeah. You know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's fun and exciting, but it's also... Um, yeah, overwhelming. It can be... An overwhelming and ongoing journey. Yeah. So um, the other thing is... Um, as with anybody who owns a SaaS business that's listening to this will nod their head in agreement. It's, it's a real challenge when you're in, a, in the SME space and you're selling something. You know, I said it starts at 99 USD for something that used to cost tens of thousands of dollars for larger, it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars for larger businesses. We're bringing this technology to small, medium-sized businesses at a, a very affordable cost for SMEs. The problem with that is when you're, when you're educating a relatively uneducated market, you've got to remember that a lot of SME business owners don't know a lot about inventory planning and forecasting. We have to educate them and bring them on and secure them as, as customers, all with a budget that we glean some money out of from $99 to $199 a month. So that cost of acquisition is an, is an ongoing struggle. Yeah. yeah. So how do we get scalable acquisition of, of customers? And I have to be very lucky. I've got a sales and marketing background. Uh, owned an advertising agency, but it's um, it's it's you can if if you don't keep an eye on your metrics and and what's happening yeah. from results, you can you can lose money very quickly um, on on the wrong kind of customers, the wrong the wrong um, the wrong part of the market, and things like that. So yeah, yeah that's 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 the real eternal struggle. Um, as far as as far as exit goes, look, we've already been. 
we've already had tax on shoulders, but we're too early stage. Um, but it's highly likely that we'll be um, uh, in, in around the typical time uh, seems looking at the previous guys and maybe five to ten, five to five to eight years. We'd probably um, somebody made way bigger than us um, that uh, in probably in the supply chain uh, ecosystem um, who likes the look of our customer customer base will tap us on the shoulder and and um, give ourselves and our, our shareholders um, a chunk of chunk of change um, for the business. So, could, so that's probably it, probably the plan. So do you think it could be maybe a supply chain uh, enterprise uh, software uh, company? Yeah looking to yeah. grow into SMEs uh, yeah. and maybe be interested to acquire you at some point, yeah? Yeah, if I look at, if I look at all the precedents, I mean, just go through the data, um, that's yeah. pretty much how, how it works. Um, we've seen, even within our immediate ecosystem, we've seen um, three or four of our, our partners be, um, our tech partners be acquired by um, enterprise-level businesses. Okay. Um, you know, um, Unleashed, which is a partner of ours, was ours was bought by Access Groups. Um, Sin Seven was bought by a um, private equity firm out of Colorado, and then they promptly bought another competitor called Deer Inventory. Um, Vend was bought by Lightspeed. Um, these are all okay. partners of ours. So yeah, it, it, it's um, happening. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all go. <laughs> Yeah, Dominic, I think you want to be like SAP of a smaller business, basically. I mean, uh, I mean, I can actually put it that way because SAP is huge. I mean, the cost of SAP implementation and plus running the cost is like, it's, a, it's yeah. a enormous. So as, as I see uh, your website, you know, your structure of pricing, it is amazing. I mean, I, I would say that smaller uh, entrepreneurs, you know, basically look at the kind of website that you created wherein I get for $99, I can just quickly say, yes, I click and let me see how it works. You know, uh, that's possible. I think that's one my take with your uh, system. Plus, I, I, I believe uh, you have done a great job there, basically. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, so we, yeah, we, and we look forward to see you also a lot more into the Asia region because that's something also you're looking into, right? Yeah, well, we, uh, traditionally we haven't, uh, we haven't, focused on uh, Asia um, and yeah, I, I, as, as you pointed out at the start, it's, it's, there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, it's, it's, it's about the evolution of businesses looking at automation and technology yeah. to help them grow. I mean, I've, India, for example, I, I, we don't have get a lot of inquiry out of India, but within again, we don't promote, we don't have a lot of partners in India. So if there's anybody listening to this that's interested in partnering with us, then, um, you know, because language is an obvious barrier, we naturally do very well in English speaking countries. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, if somebody wants to represent us um, and partner with us in India or Southeast Asia, then yeah, drop us a line. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's great. All right. So again, if anybody is uh, listening to this podcast and if you're interested to get in touch with Dominic, uh, you know, we'll be sharing, uh, again, uh, your LinkedIn profile so people can connect with you directly uh, via LinkedIn. Uh, you can also, I think, uh, you know, Stock Dream is listed already on Chantech. 
Uh, so if you also want to have more information about the solution, uh, you know, you can also check out uh, a bit more details about, you know, what Stockstream has and the type of features that we, uh, we, we can also offer. Thank you very much, Dominic. It was an interesting uh, discussion. Uh, we, uh, and thank you, Shandan, also for helping me to um, uh, lead the discussion. Uh, we look again forward to see you, Dominic, uh, and, and Stockstream uh, Lomo across Asia. And, uh, and we wish you all the best uh, for your growth in the coming month and for the next round of funding as well as you get closer right. to the end of the year. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Shandy. Thank you, Dominic. And it's a pleasure being with you, Max and Dominic. So see you guys. Thank you, guys. Good to uh, – thanks again for joining us for that new Chante podcast, and we'll see you again next time. Right.